What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Forensic Psychology is a podcast that provides an illuminating window into the workings of the criminal mind. Now, here's your host, Dr. Carlos. Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to be looking at residential mobility and crime. Before we get started, if you want to support our podcast, make sure to hit that share button. Also, hit that like button if you want to. Um, that's the like button. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. And check out our other podcast, The Circle of Insight Productions. Residential mobility provides a measure of resident stability in a neighborhood. It is indicated by the number of years a person or family lives in a particular neighborhood. Residential stability, defined as people infrequently moving out of the neighborhood, may influence locus of control and collective efficacy. Let's explain those two terms really quickly. Locus of control is what... You have two different types. You have internal and external. Internal locus of control means you determine your outcomes in life, while external control means luck and chance determine the outcomes in your life. Collective efficacy is a society joining together, a community joining together, and watching out for crime, alerting people for crime, making a concerted effort. And sometimes people don't do that. Certain communities will not do that, either because they're afraid of retribution by the gang members or by some criminals, whatever it may be. Neighborhoods with lower levels of residential mobility should positively influence the development of an internal locus of control among youths. Now, internal locus of control among youths has been shown to create less propensity for criminal behavior. In other words, uh, when they've done studies on individuals who are inmates or offenders, especially juvenile offenders, um, external locus of control dominates. They believe a lot of their circumstances and outcomes in their life have been due to bad luck, unfortunate chances in life, while people who do not commit many crimes or are not susceptible to criminal behavior tend to have more of an internal locus of control that they dictate what happens to them in life. Youths living in more residentially stable environments should have increased opportunities to develop an internal locus of control just by exposure to expectancies and reinforcements that are provided by steady, positive social role models in that community. Additionally, the um, neighborhoods with higher levels of residential mobility are less likely than more stable neighborhoods to have formed informal social control networks and a sense of social cohesion. These are the two key elements that make up collective efficacy is that social control network where you can communicate to people like our neighborhood watch program where most most uh, home burglars will tell you that's one of the biggest challenges for them not the biggest challenges i'm sorry one of the biggest deterrents for them to rob a home are neighborhood watch programs they don't like that because obviously they can't tell who's looking at them also a sense of social cohesion the more you know somebody and like them the more apt you are to protect them and watch out for them so social cohesion is a very important component of collective efficacy. Many studies indicate that higher levels of residential mobility are an important predictor of crime and delinquency. 
Residential mobility decreases, again, the ability of community members to form and activate informal social controls, which, of course, leads to increases in crime. Furthermore, neighborhoods were classified as average or high crime, and studies showed that results show that mobility and neighborhood crime were significantly related to boys, but not girls, aggression. Boys' aggression were relatively higher if they have moved, had stable residence, in a high-crime neighborhood, and both moved and lived in high-crime. And even ethnicity doesn't really matter. For instance, there was a study that showed stable high-Latino communities exhibit a protective effect against violence. And again, stability meaning residential, there's a low amount of residential mobility. People stayed around. Again, it's that form, it's the developing of social cohesion, which makes the big difference. So there you go, folks. Residential mobility and violent crime. Now, there's one argument I forgot to mention. Some people say it's the other way around. Sometimes residential mobility is caused because of the high crime. And I think that's also true. I think both can be true. But in the long run, again, it's the lack of that social cohesion and social control network that makes up collective efficacy that's increasing that crime. And then it probably exacerbates the residential mobility numbers by getting people out of the house. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.